0: Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business, expert insight into the world of business. Bai Zhu Chen is a professor of clinical finance and business economics at the USC Marshall School. He studies macro and international economics with an emphasis on China. Business class asked who he thought would win a trade war with China.
1: In the trade war, there is no winner; Everyone lose. It's not that China will win. China will lose. And America will lose, too.
0: He gave us a look at the main players in this moment in U.S.-China relations.
1: The most important person is Mr. Trump. And he is the one who drives this, and he is the one um, making the shot and he is the one, the most important one in this show. And then China, and China is headed by uh, Xi Jinping, and uh, and uh, there are many other players, too, involved.
0: He continued.
1: It is a war, and even though um, uh, Mr. Trump... Um, doesn't call it a war, and he claimed that it is not a trade war, and he called it, it's a trade battle. I don't know what's the difference between a war and a battle, but to me, it is a war.
0: We wanted to dig deeper into the economics of a trade war. Specifically, what happens when the U.S. threatens tariffs on steel and aluminum?
1: The issue here is that there are 40 times of employment, people employed in, in the sectors and in industry that use steel than the number of people employed in the steel industry. So when you impose a steel tariff on the steel import or aluminum uh, import, you are basically hurting um, uh, the, the industry that are using those uh, uh, product in the United States. You're basically shooting your own foot.
0: Then we turn to the trade deficit.
1: U.S. runs a trade deficit against uh, China, over $300 billion, uh, which is about 60% of the total U.S. trade deficit. And so he comes out in that So we need to reduce trade deficit with China. So that's why tariffs comes in, and hopefully China will uh, reduce their export to the United States, so therefore uh, rebalance that trade deficit issue. But... This uh, is n- unlikely to be achieved, this objective, by imposing tariff.
0: Professor Chen took us back to Econ 101.
1: The trade deficit is determined by its national saving and national investment. And given that uh, our economy is doing well right now and Trump administration tried to push for more investment so you are bumping up this one side of the equation at the other side of the equation uh, Trump had passed this a Republican passed the tax law and this very likely to increase the budget deficit for U.S. government, and uh, and that can have a negative impact on the national savings. So now you have national saving going down and investment likely going up, so the trade deficit is more likely to going up instead of going down, even though impose a tariff. And this explanation, I have not factored in the retaliation from the other country.
0: And then he brought in political reality.
1: There are smart people in administration, of course, Uh, but then there's also the political consideration, right? And many times politics is ahead of economists. So when the smart economists, (laughs) sorry, I say smart (laughs) economists, when they say something and they usually be uh, shuffled to the side by the political
0: consideration. He moved deeper into politics, pointing out that the U.S. political system makes it even harder to pursue a trade war.
1: So who has the upper hand? Mm-hmm. So uh, I personally I think China has the upper hand. The reason I say this is that in the United States we have two parties, we have Democrat, we have Republican, and we're facing elections. So every time the president has a four four year term, and there is mid year election, and we have to constantly uh, facing our interest group, our electorate. Right? in China. Communist Party is the leading party, and that can afford, the government in China can afford to have a long-term view instead of a four-year and a two-year view. On the other hand, in the United States, for example, if the Trump government wants to subsidize uh, the soybean farmers because they've been affected by the China retaliation, that will cause a lot of problems in the United States. Then you have all those taxpayers, you have the Democrats, you have the Republicans, the different states. They're coming out, what about me and what about us? Right? So that's the challenge. In China, there's no such a questions. Right. I mean, so when the government say, okay, uh, the steel industry is being affected, um, let's open up the floodgate and uh, put some money to them.
0: He then explained just how political China would be in its retaliation.
1: And the second thing is that uh, they are adopting this word from the United States called the precision strike. Uh, So now if you look at the retaliatory measure by China, um, the first wave of retaliation uh, after the steel and uh, and the alumni was sorghum. Sorghum, which is mostly from the red state. Um, and The U.S. export, 80% of sorghum goes to China. So 80% of sorghum's exports suddenly disappear. That have an impact on this, right? And then the second wave of retaliation is uh, soybean, which is a big one, component. And, uh, it's uh, $14, 15000000000 billion. Um, and then uh, orange juice, Florida, and pork. Uh, POC is rural America, and these are uh, the Trump base and the uh, uh, Republican base. Uh, that's why you hear that the Republican now is coming out uh, against the trade war, and the Democrats say, yes, yes, go for it. Right? <laughs> so that's called the so-called a precision strike.
0: This description made it appear that tariffs between important trading partners would lead to a back-and-forth pattern that could spin out of control. He commented,
1: uh, that's why what we ha- we have a WTO, uh, that is that we need to uh, move the countries, uh, the world toward to free a trade instead of everyone uh, levying a tariff, and I want to emphasize that this is very much a unilateral action. By the Trump administration or by the U.S. government, and which is debasing the institution which United States actually was the leader in uh, establishing after the Second World War, and these global institutions have been uh, in the world guarantee the prosperity and the peacefulness in the last sixty some years. But now we are coming try to uh, debase it, try to destabilize it. We are taking more and more unilateral action and bypassing WTO and in global institutions, and which is a dangerous uh, a sli- uh, a slippery slope.
0: Noting how politics tend to push actions away from pure economic theory, Professor Chen pointed out well,
1: politics in the end is also economics because, uh, you know, the steel workers, you know, they, they, they feel that they want, uh, they have a benefit in it, right? So, so economics, politics, they are all intertwined. So uh, one thing is that the U- United States uh, Trump administration accusing China that for various wrongdoing, uh, they have one they have not opened the market uh, enough on a second uh, china has been forcing uh, us uh, companies uh, transferring technology and uh, and they are not transparent
0: we turn back to the
1: wto there is a system and if you think that if we uh, the united states think that china is violating wto rule you can sue them and put up a case in the wto and see what happened when the WTO says, right? And that is a respecting uh, international institution. That is following the rules and the orders. And uh, there is, this, of course, I understand, it is not perfect, right? But it is there. It, that, that's a system that has been established in the past. And you can talk about the reform of the system, and that's a secondary, second-order question
0: then looked at how the situation could shift.
1: You set a rule. You cannot say that this is a rule. Now the rule doesn't fit me that we want to destroy the rule. And we want to reestablish another rule that fits me, right? If everyone does these things, and there is no rule, and this will ultimately coming back to bite us, bite the United States. What if in the future, China, when China becomes much stronger and China runs a trade deficit against the United States, the situation reverse, what if China say we take a unilateral action against the United States? Will we be happy about this, right? So the issue here is that we need a rule. So we need a law. So we need an institution to govern the international trade. And if there is no rule, if there's no law, we have a second world war. And that was what happened. And the, the consequences on the human race is devastating. And we don't want to go revisit that. And this is a sad thing, that humans have very short memories. You know, 60 years, 70 years, people forgot about that.
0: He then looked back to a time, 1929 and the Great Depression, that had some parallels.
1: Right, In a smooth law, U.S. Congress become increasingly turns into the inward looking and increasingly being hijacked by uh, the domestic interest group. And so um, they imposed tariffs uh, tariff against the many countries. And in fact, the, the tariff increased 60% at the time. And many countries retaliated. If we say this is not the, the reason for the Great Depression, and probably it is one of the reasons causing the Great Depression. Or maybe this is one of the reasons exacerbated the, the Great Depression. So we are in the similar situation. If you look at this, it's pretty uh, dangerous. It's scary, actually. You know, if every country is turning to the nationalistic, um, uh, internal-looking, um, becoming internal-looking um, um, motivated, um, then the, we may be repeating the history, and that uh, would um, have
0: a, um, very uh, bad, diet. issues uh, Impact. We move to analysis of the situation from the Chinese side.
1: I think uh, the trade war actually is not too bad for China in in the sense that it may be able to force China to open up more of its market. And I don't, I'm not sure that the Chinese government is willing to um, do things under the pressure. I mean, they maybe have their own. Uh, uh, their own uh, pace, and they not, just recently a chinese uh, president uh, uh announced that it's going to open up um, many uh sectors and that's a good move and um s- Trump probably can uh, want to um, claim the the credit that forced china to open up, but maybe this is simply china um, is already in agenda. And maybe China using this as a way, also as a bargaining way to, to, to trade with, with Trump. And so who knows? But as long as the result is making China more open up, and that's always a good thing.
0: He looked at the specifics of the technology transfer issue with the ban on selling chips to ZTE.
1: Uh, United States right now um, has, a, uh, is a, has imposed a steep sanction against a company called ZTE in China. And uh, banned uh, U.S. companies selling any chips to uh, ZTE, and which effectively um, causing this company um, into the coma. Um, you know, possibly some people speculate the company may go bankrupt. Uh, ZTE is a company they making cell phones, they make uh, uh, those communication um, um, towers, they make those communication uh, gears. Um, that also has a big impact on the Chinese society and the Chinese government. It's a, it's kind of a wake up call for China, and uh, certainly ZTE has its own problem, and uh, it is not. Uh, it has been viol- it's being accused to violate the U.S. laws, and so it needs to be pu- punished according to the U.S. laws. Uh, but at the same time, Chinese government also realized that uh, if U.S. decided to uh, to embargo certain type of product, so-called strategic important product to China, and it will have um, a devastating impact on the Chinese economy. So and maybe that is also a wake-up call to Chinese uh, uh, government that they might want to devote more resources to develop their own uh, chips. I'm not sure it's a good thing for the global economy. In a global economy, you want to have a free trade. You don't have to... You don't need to rely on the, the so-called nationalistic uh, companies to, to produce the things you want. But uh, if this is the reality and they will have to go this, and it's at the expense of the global economy.
0: Business class. Expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.